Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Exactly when did they say that they were going to do 10 Star Wars? Was that w- right when they <laughs> bought it or was that? Well, when they bought it, they said, we're going to do, we are going to gussy this stuff up and trot it out wherever we can. And I don't know if I just made a very politically incorrect statement, but uh, they're doing it now. They're doing it now. Star Wars. Star Wars any way you like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are <sighs> in many ways you don't. Are we reach Well, I don't know. I don't know yet. It's it's tough to say because and honestly, I'm just going to say it. I don't know that you that you're qualified to to judge this without any without any Mandalorian watching. I I cannot even talk about one of the is this there's been so much Star Wars content over the last 6 years. I mean, are they just going big like after five years, who cares? Like, maybe we'll just run, maybe we'll have just sucked this IP totally dry in five years. No, I don't think that they'll have, they'll think that at all. They'll think that this is like, well, I think what's funny is Star Wars is nothing like all the comic book universes, right? Like, I think about how many versions of Batman we've had. Same story. Over and over and over again with slight variations. Sure. Clooney has yeah, done yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Pattinson's <laughs> about to do it. I mean, every, all this stuff. Pattinson's <laughs> about to do it. And, but like Star Wars, they haven't even got to the point where they're like, mm, okay, we didn't like that. Let's just trot it back. <laughs> right? Well, okay. Like, yeah. When, they still haven't even uncovered that. Like, okay, you know what? Let's redo episodes one through three. Let's just give it a try. Okay, temperature check. Where are you in or out on the announcement as a whole? I think it's a lot, and I have I have concerns that it's it's going to spiral pretty fast. But I'm kind of excited about Rogue Squadron because <clears throat> we identified the thing that we were most frustrated with in the new movies was that not enough space battles and if rogue squadron isn't littered with space battles then we can be done we can be done it is true it is a waste of modern technology to not have massive space battles i i don't understand why we were limited to low altitude medium altitude um dog fights this is the whole point of having a star fighter is to be in space i don't know man i don't have an answer to that i'm i'm actually kind of excited about um the obi-wan story i'm interested to see how they how they do it i i'm in on everything i am fine i have turned the corner on i i'm fine with there being failures like you know if 70 percent of these succeed using a pretty nebulous criteria for success i'll be happy 
All right, let's go back. Let's go to another one of our favorite pieces of uh, fantasy IP. It's Dark Materials. Where are we at? What's this episode? Series 2.4? We shouldn't do... Yeah, it's 2.3 if we're doing our numbering. Series 2, Episode 4, Tower of the Angels incorrectly named first of we all got it second of all <laughs> okay i'll just give you we got here's it here's the rundown in search of the knife will and lyra try to gain entry into the torrid deglia angoli how do they pronounce that in the show i can't I, i'm not gonna try to do it slightly italian lee finds grumman or japari as he is now known and they take to the sky in search of the knife bearer we finally got him we got him we got we got we got Moriarty, and he was. We got the. Knife. He was significantly weirder than expected. I will say, loved it. Loved it. He's he's not a normal dude. <laughs> no, no, he was, but he was. <laughs> was like, he was like, is he just playing Moriarty? Like, he, yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, was that the note that he got? Like. No, 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 we, no, we, we watched you in, um, we watched you as Moriarty and a little more Moriarty, please. Yeah. I mean, Moriarty with knuckle tattoos, like, and you got him. <laughs> You're like, well, this is it. This is, fits the bill. <laughs> I like it. Um, I had, okay. We had a little bit of a text battle over a certain part of the show. The intro to the episode was <laughs> an homage to the Fellowship of the Ring intro to the entire, you know, Lord of the Rings series. This episode kind of kind of pulled that homage, and um, you do you feel like you went a little too close to the sun? I don't. I don't like it. And did we figure out who the narrator nope. was? And that's the problem. That to me is the main problem is that part of, part of what's so, what I really like about the Lord of the Rings one is that you meet Galadriel and you're like, ah, okay. This is a person who has real import in this story. And my fear with his dark materials one is that it was the computer talking. And I find that incredibly upsetting. <laughs> oh, the, oh, you think it was the, the cave? Yeah. The cave. Well, whoever it is doing the Galadriel voice. I did just, I did, I mean, it very funny just listening to it. It's just like, and then the most unlikeliest of creatures. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I just wanted to hear that. I know. You know, it took, it only took about 10 seconds of the intro of the episode to be like, I know what they're doing. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I, uh, I really, I did enjoy that episode. Um, I enjoyed the, fingers getting cut off i you know they really did construct the episode to try and play the will gets the knife and (laughs) grumman japari perry is now has to hunt for his son right so they really constructed it so that you the watcher are in on the problem Yeah, yeah and the people in the story don't know it and i actually don't know i actually don't know how i feel about that I kind of wish there was a little bit more intrigue. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it just be reminded that this was a children's book. 
it's YA at its finest. This is an an adult thriller. But but now to me the the problem with it is that the spectacle the spectacle in the show is how do they put now how do they get to the inevitable ending because the ending has already right. been choreographed. It's the voyage yeah. there, yeah. How do they make sure that the voyage there is interesting? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be. And like we're hobbiting my, this. It's just a couple of I movies. Know. My fear couple, is uh, that like couple of you know, they've set the reveal up to be so big now. Like Perry realizes his son is the knife bearer. And if that's not amazing, <laughs> then this is not good episode construction. Agreed. I'm just, I'm excited for some more Andrew Scott. It's wild. It's wild and weird. I, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. Do you want to talk about EPL? All right, so you you're you're out here to mea culpa it, huh? Well, we I feel like as we've as we've mentioned over and over again, there are just some weeks where in the EPL it's draw city on the games where we've that we predicted, and this was did we did did any of the teams that we picked lose? Chelsea did lose ah, to Everton, okay. so we got one loss, two draws, and then we won one. And but I will say that the one that you predicted correctly that we probably should have bet on is the that Fulham played Liverpool to a draw. I know. I know. Uh, there we go. I said, do not. We, well, we should have just do Liverpool. And uh... no, but the, but I guess then when you say things like that, we should just put small bets on the draw and opposite. That would have that would have won right? us because a considerable amount of money, right? The odds are so long <laughs> that like, oh, we should yeah. just do it. Well, let's let's not dissect the past and too much more let us talk about the future which is today all right here's here's what we after much con after much conversation decided we like for match day 13 match day 14 match day 13 man city over west brom man U over sheffield crystal palace over west ham liverpool tottenham draw that's our big reach match day 14 wolves over burnley newcastle over fulham Aston Villa over West Brom, Brighton over Sheffield. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Let's do it. Okay, this is going to go short, but quick notes about our addition to the catalog, and I think the objective for right now should be posting one of these to somewhere to get, so that people can take a look at what we've been doing, what we've actually been doing, and what we've been talking about. So I have two options for you. My question is, do we want to focus in on outcomes related to home runs in red, or do we want to focus in on outcomes related to strikeouts in blue? Uh, strikeouts. Okay. Uh, major upgrade here is that I switched from clouds of points to heat maps. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see what's going on. And what you find when you switch from clouds of points to heat maps is that two things. One, there is a median four seam fastball for all right-handers. There is a like there's a median motion for for fastballs. They convert there is a conversion value. Like pretty tight, frankly, too. Okay. There is also a median or typical batted ball profile for these in terms of launch speed, particularly, especially, 
launch angle somewhat. And what that means is that this that you converge to something of a position in launch, the launch speed launch angle plane. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we're going to ignore that when we talk about strikeouts. <laughs> Things that the only thing that's interesting to me, not the only thing, but a thing that's interesting to me about strikeouts is that they appear, they appear to have more uh, that the the faster pitches, of course, have result in strikeouts more frequently. We wow. did it. That's, we, we did. Wow. That, oh, oh, oh. We no one saw it. that one coming. We recovered <laughs> the major result. Uh, other there's there's no there's not a strong there's not a strong preference for vertical motion, which kind of surprised me. I would have thought that like maybe if you have a little bit more vertical motion that you're going to get something out of this. There is not a strong preference for spin. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's not a strong preference for the X dimension either. <laughs> so the, As remember, the remember, horizontal movement. yeah, X is horizontal movement. The there's I mean there's a tiny bit of preference for horizontal movement, um, emphasizing a little bit of extra, a uh, little bit of extra horizontal movement helps, but I'm not sure that we could ar even really argue that it's statistically significant. So, am I reading this right that there's actually a slight um, um, VYO so velocity in the Y. Uh, axis which is towards the plate right yeah and spin that there is actually a negative correlation between the two of them slight albeit that's right uh no 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 it's a positive correlation because of the stupid way that they've defined the coordinate axis right because more negative vy means faster because they've they've defined okay. it I, because they've defined it from they've defined it relative to the pitcher right so when the pitcher releases it it's traveling more negatively towards i i don't make the rules man this is not how i would have done it but i'm just telling you that that they've defined it like that so it's actually a positive correlation the faster the ball gets to the plate the more spin it has so the x-axis is the pitcher's bodies or the pitcher's shoulders i believe because the z-axis i think everything no, z-axis is the is the arm slot as it were yeah so the x-axis is the shoulders yeah oh i see Where's... i see what you meant by body the height versus no yeah x is shoulders x is shoulders y is uh z is arm slot yeah and okay all right fine my apologies that's good good to know <laughs> Well, I mean, it it does it does suggest that we would do better with intuitive 
interpretation if I flipped the y-axis. <laughs> I, eventually, yeah. I, I, or I just need to be working in this more. No, okay. no, no. No, I don't, I don't think that's right because we want to post this to Twitter and have it make sense to people. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at it and you're like, okay, I see a very obvious negative correlation between VY and spin, and you're like, no, no, that's because the coordinate system is backwards. That's really annoying. <laughs> yeah, and of course we don't have, I, and your little corner plot here is great because then it's like, oh, there's no, there's nothing blue in the launch speed, launch angle dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, because there's no strikeouts if there is a launch angle or launch speed. But I think, I mean, that's kind of interesting because it because it does give you another, it gives you another dimension because all of the, because you're, you're seeing where the strikeouts are and then you're seeing where the pitches that got hit end up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very different space. Okay. I I am actually pretty happy with the heat map. I think it's hel- it's helpful to see where the actual distribution underlying distribution is. Of course, it, you mean the home runs cover. The home run d- tells only an inter- tells the most interesting story in the launch speed, because of course most of the home runs are at a hundred plus miles per hour. To be able to get to be able to get from the plate over the outfield wall, you kind of want to be hitting it at a hundred plus miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, we we mentioned this last week because the hints of it were already there, but it's really clear in the heat map that there's no preference in pitch in the pitch characteristics for things that are hit for home runs. So. While we were just talking about this with with strikeouts, there is a slight preference. You get more strikeouts if you throw harder. There is not a corollary more home runs if you pitch harder or more home runs if you don't pitch harder. It just blankets yeah. the it blankets the entire space of the pitch profile. Yeah, it, it is. It, home runs are hit at any speed. Um, home runs are hit at any speed, any <laughs> any arm slot. But the launch angle, there is, it's funny that you've got this just, of course, I mean, it's right at that 30, you want to be hitting it at 30 degrees, basically. You have a little bit of leeway on either side of 30 degrees, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's only, it's most illuminating or most constraining in the launch angle versus launch speed. And then you see like, oh, there is a very specific area that doesn't have that many hits in it in comparison. Cause you, you can see where the pop-up, you can see where sort of the pop-up locus is, where the grounder locus is. I mean, you've got all these things. Pop-up locus is what it is 50, 50 degrees and a launch of 70? Yeah. Yeah, you just, just don't... Just shy of 70? You just don't hit it hard, and you're just flying out. <laughs> just a lot of flyouts. But a long tangle of 50. But it is, I mean, it is... Uh, to go from 30 degrees to 50 degrees, there is a clear I mean, line that you're crossing. You know, you forget that that... that, that 
that those 20 degrees are massive, right? I mean, think about driving, like a six degree slope is noticeable, right? In a car. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a, you know, a 20 degree slope is like, whoa, <laughs> like, we're not doing that. We're going up Mount Washington. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't sound like it when you're like, oh, it's a 20 degree change. But then when you think about like, oh, 20 degrees is actually quite a big change. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we will continue getting this to a point where we can, uh, where we can talk about it. Speaking about things that you don't want to talk about, though, Jonathan Hernandez. <laughs> Truer words have have not been spoken. Um, oh man, I don't even. I forgot to get his stats up. Hold on. You know, it's very rare. One thing that I found is very rare these days is that the like little picture in cbs and across most of the baseball stat um websites actually looks like the person you know (laughs) but you see the picture of jonathan hernandez in Statcast, his little profile pic his in cbs and you're like wow that guy looks a little crazy and you see him on the mound you're like yep he does he does look uh, i mean he looks crazy in the same way that so sort of on the axis of like towards chris sale looks crazy like there is something about being tall and pretty skinny that's like hmm Mm -hmm. and like a little you know a little whirling that you're like ooh, i don't know and he's and he's young but if you were to yeah yeah exactly no that's (laughs) I know that you you preface this by saying that this is not someone that I want to talk about, but actually over the course of watching him, I realized this is someone I want to talk about because he is going to be important whether I want him to or not. I know He's that's exactly be... what we're talking about yeah. because we talked last week about the Rafael Montero, who's the closer for the Texas Rangers, but he doesn't really, as we said, not really that great of a closer. And so we have the next guy up, Jonathan Hernandez, who So if you're Jonathan Hernandez, how do you how do you be better than Rossell Iglesias? Right? Because their profiles are, I should okay. Their profiles are pretty similar, right? Jonathan Hernandez throws a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball. He throws a slider as his off pitch and he throws an occasional changeup. How does he throw a ninety-eight mile per hour fastball? By being a tall, skinny guy, but he throws a his isn't his main pitch is a sinker, and he throws that for ninety seven point eight miles per hour two seam fastball. Just yeah, kind I mean, of astounding. I'm jump. I'm falling into the the trap of like calling calling things calling a, a sinker a fastball which is like you know this annoying thing that stackcast does and it's now officially become a thing that i do too apparently i i think i would argue that this could be grounds for like not the best classification of pitch right because his his slider ends up significantly lower than his sinker <laughs> mm-hmm. so i mean i hear what i hear what he's saying i hear what they're saying sort of but I, I don't know that, I don't know. I don't know. I am still not resolved on that. 
But anyway. is it so his wait, so his strikeout pitch is a change up? Where is what what am I looking at? Put away. Yeah, put away pitch, change up, forty three point eight percent. Um I get I it's funny when you do the load the random video in baseball savant and the first three of them were um the hitter made contact it's foul ball but the hitter made contact so he's got a pitch that doesn't his pitches get contact is something that i wasn't really really wild about Mm. but he does seem like he's got the bare bones of being a decent pitcher there um well remember he's okay he's faced 203 batters in total yeah, we're we're not talking about someone with a huge huge resume. He's here. 24 years old. He's only faced 203 batters in the in the majors so far. And honestly, over that time it's not so bad. Let's take let's take his whole career. We'll include both his 2019-2020. His because his his 2020 actually looked quite good. Decent. So I want to yeah. so I want to include everything because I don't know how much we should only read into a brand new guy only in his 2020. So if you take everything, 3.4 ERA, 1.24 whip. If you take only his 2020, right, a 2.9 and a 1.03 whip, like, why are they dealing with Montero? <laughs> if they think that that's the real Jonathan Hernandez, like, yeah, why is Montero the closer? <laughs> because he's closed before, I guess. He's got more experience. I guess. But, I mean, Hernandez is 31 strikeouts, 31 innings, 8 walks in that time. So, he's got an okay. He's got reasonable command in this eight walks you know that i like to hear that (laughs) i know well considering that he had 13 walks in uh about half as many at bats in 2019 (laughs) or half as many batters faced in 2019 he's uh he's trending the right direction absolutely so is he gonna is he going to be relevant yes 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 he is if he's not relevant for saves, which I think that he probably, he very well could be relevant for saves, he's going to be relevant in a Bestardo strategy. Mm. He will definitely be in a Bestardo strategy. Um, he, assuming I, assuming yep. he can keep his control under, you know, his control figured out. But the thing about how, how weird the Rangers are is that he managed to get five wins last year in t- appearing in 27 games. I know that's what's fun about the range. Yeah, that's that's super valuable. Yeah, exactly. And and on a team like the Rangers, it makes sense because it's like, well, I don't really know who their starters are, so I guess <laughs> I guess a lot of these wins are going to fall to middle relief. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it might it very well might. Yeah, no, it's gee, why is it? It's always a morass. <laughs> Texas, even when they were going to the World Series every year, is still a morass. I know. I know they they just appear to not know how to deal with pitchers, but so if we scale, let's let's scale up how many innings he appears for because that's that's actually probably believable. So you go from so you go from thirty one innings to maybe he pitches eighty innings next year, eighty strikeouts. That's still a reasonable right. out. That's still a reasonable output. Like you you can stomach that in a Bastardo strategy, even if he only gets three saves. Yeah, but I mean the. Scale up those wins too. That's eleven wins. Well, I, that's why I didn't scale up the wins. <laughs> like, I'm going to scale up the things that are probably scalable. But um, in the same way that you know, there's like the stolen bases, 
plus homers. Um, you know, sometimes we're like, there's yeah. certain five tool players where you're just like, I think between stolen bases and homers, you'll get 40, you know, there's certain guys yeah. like that. I wouldn't be surprised if between wins and, and saves, he got 12. If we, if we put the over under at 11, sure. 11.5, would you take the over on that? I, I would take the over on that. Yeah. Now the number that you get, you gave 80 innings. Where do you want to set the over under for me to forgive you? 77.5. See, I'm going to take the under. Really? Okay. I have it in my head. It's going to be somewhere in like the 68 to no 70 range. No way. No way. That's a young guy. The only way that would happen is if he actually gets named the closer. Is if he actually serves for a stretch of the season as closer. Or if he gets hurt, I never like to. I never like to predicate my pitcher forecasts on that possibility, even though we yeah, obviously should. should. <laughs> yeah. okay. Even though we very obviously should. All right, let's put three over unders in here. I so I have, um, I put eleven point five down for the wins plus saves. What are you gonna take? Um, over. So you've got the over on that. I've got the under on 11.5. I don't really like that, but okay, fine. Um, <laughs> and then I've got the under on, geez, I'm, I'm less bullish than you are now. I've got the under on 77.5 innings pitched. What other category should we do? Should we do ERA or K per nine? I think we should do K per nine. Ooh. K- I think K per nine is easier to predict, so we should do ERA because it's wilder. <laughs> okay, so his is it three point four is his big league ERA? Do we want to do? I would say three point two five. You want to take the over under on that? Oh, I'd take the under on that. Okay, I'll take the over. I think you could be effective pitcher with a 3.4. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, he, could, he could be who he was this year. With I think he can be, tot- I think can be totally role. effective. I'm just, <laughs> I just think he Absolutely. might be able to be better than that. Okay. Um, well, I picked Jonathan Hernandez. So who are we going to do this week? Let's watch Anthony Bass. Anthony Bass. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah.